Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. Today, I have on special guest, Sensei Victoria Whitfield. Victoria shares so much great information during this episode, including how in your company, you can increase productivity by 120% and your profits by 520%. And as a small business owner, who wouldn't want that? But before we get into the episode, let me tell you a little bit more about Victoria. As the world's first business reiki master and host of the five-star rated Journeypreneur podcast on iTunes, Sensei Victoria Whitfield helps empathetic entrepreneurs and leaders stay grounded and clear as they navigate the emotional roller coaster of business development by using the power of strategic meditation. Sensei Whitfield is a published author, a successful six-figure energy healer, and has toured the world showing heart-centered and growth-minded leaders how to get connected to their natural intuition and truly be visionary so they can work less and increase their impact. Like I mentioned, this is such a powerful episode where you're really going to learn how powerful pauses, and just the simple act of breathing and increasing your blood flow can make you more profitable in your business. And how asking for help is essential if you want to be successful. Something that Victoria learned the hard way. And she shares that story in today's episode. So let's jump in. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Growing Your Team podcast. Such a pleasure to get to be here, Jamie. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited to have you. Can you kick us off with telling everybody who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, hey everyone, I'm Sensei Victoria Whitfield. I am an energy and business coach. So what I do is I help solopreneurs who are scaling up to really shift their mind, body, and business, right? Especially through implementing strategic meditation. That is so great. How did you get into that? So for me personally, how I got into this um, was around my own personal healing journey. Like I have had a history of, oh my gosh, having a bit of a toxic can-do attitude when it comes to work, otherwise known as being a bit of a workaholic. And so 
work not only for me stresses me out but also brings out the the highest level of drive in me personally like i get super creative with problem solving and what happens for me personally is that i would put my own self-care or my uh health on the back burner in order to get things done and be more productive in the office and not only that but i also saw that quite a bit in my family like we are all really passionate driven hard workers and so that was what i personally came up with was prioritizing hard work over your health and i had an experience of working myself into the hospital that really changed the way i see um, that prioritizing getting things done more so than taking care of yourself and that for me and i can tell that story if you want um in a little bit but that for me is what really created a turning point around valuing my my health and well-being while at work and learning more about how to implement different strategies and procedures so that uh, that were based in strategic meditation so that i could stay productive i don't just want to be productive but i want to stay productive as a normal human being i'm not a machine um and human beings have different needs other than machines like you think of your computer you just turn it on and it goes and it does the things whereas as a human being uh, uh you don't just wake up and just go or well in my case you can but there are repercussions if you just keep going 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 um the system eventually heads for a breakdown <laughs> right and i think that's so important to share you know your story and how you got into this because i find that so many business owners are heading down that same path and mostly it's because the people that really a lot of the people that really succeed well as entrepreneurs and creating their own business they do have that can-do attitude you have to wear a lot of hats at first when you're starting your business you have a lot on your plate that you need to get done and in the early phases of your business it makes sense for you to do it all but then we get into these habits of because i did it before i need to keep doing it i can't let go. I it, it's my responsibility. No one else is going to do things as well as I can. And we get in the cycle of keep adding to our plate and not taking anything off and being like, I can't take a day off. I can't. I need to stay up late and get this done because if I don't, my business suffers, my client suffers. And at the end of the day, my income suffers. So what else do I have to do but keep working? Oh my God. Yes. That's like, Jamie, you really broke it down perfectly. There's this mindset issue that we have where we keep seeing that, okay, I started the business, I bootstrapped it up, or I'm, you know, I started in this position, right? If, uh, you know, if anyone's thinking of back uh, when, when we used to work for other people, remember when? Wow. <laughs> Right, I started in this position or I started this department and now like if it is to be, it's up to me or if, if anyone listening in loves Napoleon Hill, anything the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve is one of his quotes. And so that's right. an empowering thing to, to think, right? It's self-empowering, but at the same time, we have a capacity as individuals and it's okay, it's okay. 
<laughs> to have a capacity um, when we come to the scaling point to to learn to ask for help. And that was the one thing that I didn't do that had me work into the hospital. Right. Oh my gosh. So um, uh, let me tell you a story. So um, where where all of this began was when I used to work uh, in my last position that I held working for others. Um, I was a center coordinator for a nonprofit um, and it was a nonprofit that was uh, for uplifting the community, educating people about interfaith, interracial, social understanding. Uh, like it was a really a powerful place for hosting discussions. And I was so passionate about it. And it, so it brought out that inner driver, that, uh, that person in me, right? That being in me that wants to work hard uh, to contribute to the vision because I believed in it. Okay, so as the center coordinator, I was the octopus in the middle, answering the phones, taking care of um, the members, taking visitors, coding the website, all kinds of like stuff. And so I was the one, um, everyone listening to this, I was the one who everyone else leaned on, right? Get ready for the rest right. of disaster. <laughs> yeah, I was the one who everyone else leaned on, right? So um, in one hot summer day in particular, is very typical, they would kind of leave me alone in the space in this old Victorian building of, oh my gosh, the, Victoria's got it, right? Victoria's got it. She's a key holder. She runs everything. So no problem. You know, I'll be back in seven minutes. The, uh, um, the founder said, okay. So I decided, um, I had a window of opportunity, uh, that I kept missing because I made this decision that I want to cool down. It's a hot, sticky summer day. So I had a window of opportunity to call the maintenance guy, Jimmy, who loves me. He's amazing to come help open these huge original Victorian glass windows. Missed that opportunity, didn't take it. I had a window of opportunity to wait the seven minutes for the founder to come back uh, into the office who could help me open these huge original Victorian windows. But I didn't take that window of opportunity. I even had another window of opportunity to just turn two feet to the side and turn on the air conditioner that was in like a, a nearby wall. Didn't even take that. Anything the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. I hold everything down. I've done this before. Jiggled the window, it opened. Get ready, this gets graphic. Wham, it falls on my hands. Oh. I am pinned between two 20 to 40 pound panes of glass down to the bone. Oh my goodness horrible because I didn't ask for help. I didn't take that window of opportunity. I thought I got it. I, th I thought I got it. And all right, my, my worst fear at the time was, and I know a lot of solopreneurs can understand this as well, was going to the hospital because I really took up this position for passion, not for the pay. And so didn't really have much medical insurance. And so, right. oh my Side note, I used to be a medical billing uh, and coding uh, manager, so I know just how expensive hospital visits get. And so I'm stuck down to the bone in this window of opportunity that has now come back to bite me in the butt. You, all right, you're not going to ask for help. Here's what happens when you don't. If you would have just paused strategically beforehand, gathered your energy and asked for help, 
this would not have happened. And so this was uh, now happy ending. Like my hands are all better. Like for those <laughs> who are listening, like my hands are fully functional. I just have a con like a a contusion that one hand can bend down to 90 degrees. Uh, one thumb can bend down to 90 degrees. The other can only bend at 45. And that's like a physical reminder of what happened to me that day. But that was the day that I realized how many people are ready to literally run to support you. Because when right. after I fainted, split my glasses on the way down on the side of a table, like when my hands got free, um, I woke up to the vision of people running up and asking how they can help, right? That was the day that I learned the importance of opening up and asking for help. But through seeing there's so many people who do care, I don't have to be the strong one that never asks for help. In fact, asking for help is a really powerful sign of strength and leveraging your human resources, all of the human capital, the people around you who want to see like want to see you successful or want to see your passion or believe in the same passions that you do. So that's my story of why I started valuing my mindset in the workplace. Yeah. And I feel like that is such a powerful story to share. So thank you so much because you could kind of look at it that is this, okay, it's this simple thing of opening a window. Why do I need other people? Why? But it's like, even these simple things can carry so much weight and it's better when we do it together or we get the right person to do it because sometimes we are not the right person to do it and we create more harm by trying to do it all ourselves. That's exactly right. And so there's this, there's this pattern in me and maybe I'm just being the voice of some of your listeners right now, like solopreneurs who are, all right, it's time to scale. It's, it's time to, to really bring on more rock stars to support you in being a rock star. So I just want to share a little bit more of this mindset that um, I've had to sit with. And when I mean sit, I mean meditate to process and calm down of, I used to think I was invincible. I used to think I was invincible. And believe it or not, to my surprise, the more that I've sat with that, sat in meditation, right, strategically, um, and I can explain more about that uh, a little bit later, um, what I mean by strategic meditation. But what I realized is that this is something that I actually um, received from the, uh, from my family, my lineage. I didn't know that uh, until I really sat with it, right, and did more self-reflection, that my whole family had been entrepreneurs and leaders, right? Um, and I always wondered why I never got to meet my maternal grandfather. Uh, come to find out, he was the leading salesman in his lumber yard and for the entire region, used to train uh, sales teams, extremely driven man extremely passionate about doing the best. And long story short, at 51 years old, he dropped dead at work from a massive heart attack. The stress finally took him. Um, he would have retired early at 52 the very next year, um, but he dropped dead at work at 51 years old, leaving his three girls orphaned um, because their mother had passed away of cancer, you know, a few years earlier 
And okay, his fortune, all of the stuff that he worked for, which is going to be left to his girls, now they're so young that the surviving relatives were coming in, trying to scoop up pieces, trying to help the girl, quote unquote, help them with uh, that surviving money. And what would have happened? You know, what would have happened if he would have decided to prioritize coming home to his girls rather than being the best? Being right. a feeling of invincibility can cause us to end up working into the hospital, like in my case, or in my maternal grandfather's case, working you literally to dropping dead at work. And this is something that is easily preventable of just pausing powerfully to really bring yourself back to clarity and focus rather than just racing along, barreling forward, kind of like being a, a race car, racing along, barreling forward, but the check engine light is on. So we're not going to do a pit stop to check what's going on there. No, we got to win the race. Right. There's a, there's two things I want to talk about, like with what you just shared and one for a personal thing for, for me, I remember this was probably about, I think it was a little over a year before I decided, okay, now is the time to start my own business. And I was having a conversation with my father who ran his own business since I was like, I think three or four years old. And before that he used to work for Kodak and he actually, uh, what I learned during this conversation, his names are on a few patents with Kodak and everything, stuff that I never even knew about. But during this conversation, he was talking about, you know, kind of reflecting back and he goes, because of that, if he stayed with Kodak, there's probably an opportunity he could have been on more patents and made more money and all this stuff. And he goes, I probably could have made more money working for someone else and doing all this, but because I ran my own business, I had the freedom to pretty much build my own time. I had the freedom to say, I'm going on a family vacation. I had the freedom to say, I'm going to go pick up the kids for school, like, you know, do this thing in the middle of the day. And he goes, you know, the money was not worth the ability that he had to create his own schedule and to actually be available when, when he wanted to be available with the family. So I felt like that was, that was really great. And that made me realize, cause at that point in time, like I said, I was still working a corporate job of, okay, there's going to be risks running my own business, but what's better? Like having some of this freedom where I can control and say yes and say no, or just going after the money that I'm currently making in corporate, because why not? It's there. It's easy, but it involved working a lot. Yeah. And so having that different motivation of more money versus more freedom, like the more freedom you have, you can create, you can create income, you can create, you can create teams that help you create income, right? It's so powerful to be on this path of like choosing to have creative freedom rather than just being the best within somebody else's box. Right. So, yeah. There with you. Yeah. And I feel like that's so powerful. And then the other thing like you brought up with your, your grandfather passing away and working so hard and so hard. And it's like, there's so many studies and I can't remember all the statistics and everything. Now I will share them in the show notes once I find them and link to some articles, but there's all these studies out there that it's like the simple thing of working just a few more hours a week puts your health at risk and you're more likely to have heart disease just by working a few hours more every week, which is why it's really important as business owners 
we put the boundaries up and and create this business that allows us to work a standard, normal work week. And then we create the environments so our employees are working a standard, normal work week, and we're not working people to the bone. There was just the article that came out. Well, probably by the time this episode goes live, it'll be over a month ago that it came out. And I'll link to this in the show notes as well about Goldman and some of their junior brokers are working a hundred plus hours a week. And they're like, we're done. We can't do this anymore. And of course, the, the article really made me mad because the CEO is pretty much like, yeah, we heard you, but suck it up and deal with it because it's good for the company. And he didn't use those exact words, but the the language that he put out in his statement, I was like, that's exactly what he just said. Suck it up and deal with it because it's good for the company. And he didn't care what it was doing to his employees. Yeah, this is huge. This is huge because um, it is so painfully common of like, okay, hard work is what we value. Making the most money is what we value. Being the best is what we value. That's been communicated in surround sound and how do we say even encoded into us since very early on. And the gift of meditation is that when we get to strategically pause with power to tune in over, all right, let me relax my body for a moment. Let me just relax my body for a moment. Okay. How am I feeling? Checking in internally. How am I feeling? All right. You know, my neck hurts a little bit, or I'm a little, like, I need to adjust myself so that I can focus on meditating. There's this self-awareness that starts to open up. And the more that you sit into that self-awareness strategically, what also happens is you become self-aware of how you feel about your values. So, all right, up here in um, the, the dominant culture, you're getting all of these messages of put, put money first, income is the most important, you gotta be the best, et cetera, et cetera. But if people would just learn how to sit and meditate and tune in, they could realize maybe I don't agree that income is the most important. Maybe I wanna be my personal best. I don't wanna be your version of the best and this is strange the more i feel into this or the more that i sit with this right using strategic communication the more i sit with this the more i realize i don't like the track that i'm on i don't like the track that i'm on right you for the love of god you don't have to get hit by a window (laughs) in order to realize huh, I'm heading down the wrong pathway. There's a gentler uh, modus operandi of being able to shift gears from heading, racing down a track that is going to bring you to self-destruction versus shifting tracks to one that can give you longevity, impact, um, like great health, love and connection, significance, all the things that we're really looking for but the 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 self-destructive racetrack is the one that um is the loudest and is the most promoted is the one that is well lit and and is out there the most but but it takes being able to sit with that and get clarity um with strategic meditation being able to sit with that and get clear of, you know what, I'm I'm headed in the wrong direction. This doesn't feel right. Let me find what feels 
better. The same way that if you're sitting in a chair that's uncomfortable, you have a rock jamming into your lower back, you're going to be like, oh, you know, let me adjust the rock off of the chair, right? Can you imagine not having the awareness that you're sitting on a chair with a rock jamming into your back? Over time, that rock is going to bore into your skin and into your muscles and putrefy and cause all kinds of secondary issues that right. could have gone away if you would have just felt that it was there and adjusted accordingly. And that's the power of practicing strategic meditation, not just in the morning when you first wake up, not just right before bed, but I mean it at work. Right. I love that. So, okay, let's say you're a business owner, you're on this path, you're doing the strategic meditation and you realize, okay, everything that is like the, that rock in the back for you that you need to adjust, but you're also realizing during that, that you've put your team members on that, that track of, of being burnt out of doing too much because in your mind, You've been in this thing. I was doing everything. I got it all done. I'm so passionate about this. When you hire people, you're like, oh, they need to do all this as well. They need to be passionate about it. They need to take it on. They just need to say yes. And so now they're overwhelmed and worked overworked too. What do you do next? Because one of the things I feel like happens for a lot of small businesses is the fact that when it comes to benefits, wellness, a lot of these things, they're like, Oh, that's for bigger companies. I'll worry about it when I get bigger. But now we're realizing is, and I love to preach with like, with my clients and with my audience, you can't get bigger if you don't do the right things when you're small. So what do you do when you realize you put your team on this horrible track? Yeah. So this is, I love when you preach. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Please don't stop. Um, so when you realize you've put your team on the track to self-destruction, right? we're seeing scope creep coming up big time, or people are looking drier and crustier, or they're getting quieter and quieter, um, rather than bringing things to your attention or collaborating as much. What's so important is that um, we want to pause powerfully as a group pause powerfully so okay there's ways to do like um scrum check-ins and meetings and and doing all types of structured uh goal setting or um team meetings and so on that's that's a really powerful um thing to implement is getting everyone together so that we can start listening and hearing and that's a powerful pause but on top of that we want to integrate with those regular checkpoints right briefing and debriefing we want to integrate into those meeting experiences a strategic meditation right so even 60 seconds five minutes where we're pausing and breathing nothing complicated we're not here to preach about angels or anything crazy now it's about modeling and integrating into your standard operating procedures into your operations manual right into the agenda a powerful pause to bring them back to breathing because what's going to happen is that when they have a moment that is company approved 
to pause <laughs> and breathe deeply, they're going to come into the room. For a long time, your people may be honestly a bit traumatized for, by the pace that they've been working at. And so they are not in the room so to speak. Their, their emotions, their mind, their soul has flown out of body and they're just, you know, all right, just on the Zoom or I'm just on the phone or I'm just in the boardroom. Like my body, my avatar, my, my proxy, my representative is here, but my, I'm not fully here. I'm not bringing my yes. truth, bringing my feelings. I'm not bringing what's really going on because there's no space for me to enter in and that powerful pause strategic meditation to begin a meeting by the way or to transition from one larger project topic to another just pausing powerfully helps people know that <sighs> okay i can listen to me that means my, the people around are able to listen to me that means the management is open to listening to me. I feel more open in my body. That means I feel more mentally and emotionally open to be present and bring the truth. Right? We've got to be safe leaders and safe companies to work for in the first place if you want to, to really access the full potential, the full capacity of your people, not in a wringing them like a wet towel way of getting the most out of your people, wringing them like a wet towel, but instead honoring that a human being is different than a machine and has different right. in order to really um, present it the full extent of their potential. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love so much of what you said there. Like so much of, yes, your employees might be there physically, but it takes way more than that to do the work at the level that you want it done. So you need to make sure that you're supporting them completely. And I do love that, like taking this, these powerful, like purposeful, like moments and pausing and it is so great. But then I love that you also said, it's not like we're preaching during this. You know, we're not like, you're not thinking this whole like meditation, let me take you down this like so much spiritual journey during it. Like that's not necessarily what we're looking for here. It's just taking this, this moment, this pause, this breath. I know um, I've been to two conferences where it's jam-packed days and they do in the middle, like sometimes after lunch, they bring in this thing and it's like, let's pause, let's breathe, let's reflect, or maybe like do a quick stretch break. And at first I would, sometimes I'd be like, oh yeah, whatever. And then it's like, oh wait, that really helped. Absolutely. And oh, oh my gosh, when you said conferences, I, I got triggered. I'm like, oh my God, 30 speakers <laughs> in a day. I've had that experience of like, they expect the audience to just sit there not pee, not anything. They just keep going. Summit, right? not marathon craziness. But even Tony Robbins, so I've gone to, to UPW, Unleash the Power Within. He keeps resetting the crowd constantly. I'm like, all right, so now we're going on to a new topic. Jump up and down, jump up and down, like uh, massage your partner, breathe deeply, shake it out, shake it out, that kind of a thing. And so those are really active pauses but this is the this is what we're really talking about is understanding the human system or the human machine and this is all about 
blood and oxygen, blood flow and oxygen. If you want people to solve complex problems, you want them to use their brains. Right. Like as a, as a solopreneur, as a, a small business team leader, you wonder why, why am I the only person with brains in this room? Like, I wish like, you know, you use your head, use your head, use your brain. Okay. If you want them to use their brains, you've got to send more blood and oxygen to those brains. Who would have thought that pausing powerfully for deep breathing would send more oxygen to their brain matter, which actually activates areas of the brain that are responsible for creative thinking and creative problem solving. If you don't know how to warm up, riding, you just start riding your team without warming them up first, you're going to have a blowout. Anyone who understands auto engineering knows is you gotta like wait for the pipes to warm up before you start speeding up or else you're going to ruin the engine. And so the human body, when I'm talking about meditation, and this is so important to demystify this, Jamie, uh, this is not like a spiritual journey. I don't need you to do like yoga and put yourself in a pretzel upside down and spin on your head in order to not not at all. This is about blood and oxygen for your team. Literally, I mean, studies have shown that um, the more that a person is able to take active breaks during the hour, the more it increases their productivity. Studies have even shown that when meditation is implemented in a business on a regular basis, it has increased productivity as much as 120%. So um, on top of that, studies have shown, and I'm happy to give all of the references, this is really easy, or if you're listening to me, open up Google and talk about meditation in the workplace, go ahead, fact check me. I'm just quoting, I'm literally reading on a side screen right now what what it says. So, okay, I'm looking at Google. You can look at Google too, right? So uh, studies have also shown that when meditation is implemented in the workplace, it doesn't just affect productivity, it also affects profits and an increase of as much as 520%. 520%? So the way that, like, that's a huge... Yeah. Let's just talk about that. Because why do people overwork their employees for higher profits to make more money? But if you can have that same profit level and not overwork your employees because you're doing these this these activities, isn't that better for everybody? A hundred percent. Well, 520 <laughs> percent. Right? Yeah. So but this is uh, the way that I explain that statistic in particular is when you hear 520, you're like, oh, come on, Victoria, that's crazy. Even if it's a study, like obviously this is must be skewed. So the way that I explain of how this works is <clears throat> focus or our lack of focus because that's what meditation really cultivates within us. It's the ability to focus and sustain um, that ability to focus, but all right. So uh, rather than thinking of the 520% increase, I want you to think of this instead as a 520% decrease in the ability to focus. So, all right, picture this, you're sitting at your desk at work and you want to send this email. 
And all of a sudden, something, something like a hand out of nowhere comes and grabs you, like grabs your chest, grabs your face, grabs your, your butt. All right. And you're like, okay, wait, 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 I'm just trying. I want to type this email. And then again, another hand comes out of nowhere and grabs your leg or grabs your shoulder. Well, okay, I'm just trying to send this email. And then you try again and another hand goes and grabs your glasses off or something or grabs um, at your pants. Like very, very, very distracting, all of this grabbing. Now, I'm, I'm describing this grabbing and this is what it feels like to receive a notification from the phone, from the laptop, from the desktop, from the tablet, from somebody else's phone. Um, like thinking about, oh crap, I forgot to do the thing for so-and-so. And it's literally like a grab, a grab, hands grabbing at you. So if you have the ability to pause and just stop all the grabbing hands, you would be able to send that email rather than just trying to go while all the grabbing hands, grabbing hands are grabbing at you. And it's not just notifications on the phone, but in your head, there's like this hamster running on a wheel of all of the other stuff that didn't get done and all the other stuff that um, you think should get done at some point. And this is just on one person, <laughs> right? There's all that hamster is a grab as well and so meditation calms down and stops all the hands from grabbing right so think of that statistic that way would you have a 520 percent decrease in your productivity and profits if you had to work through grabbing hands grab like just always trying something grabbing you even grabbing your hand away um, when you try to just send an email like that's the, that's how I think of that statistic and the obvious answer yeah if it was 500 uh, like if, if I had hands grabbing at me all the time oh yeah uh 5.2x decrease in in focus easy yeah so there's things there that like just noticing and in what I do. And of course now like going through this, I was like, okay, I think I need to be better about taking these moments and breathing. So thank you, Victoria. Like I'm about ready to change my habits, but I think about things that I do that, that are already kind of showing this. Like, I know there's times where I'm in, I'm trying to write an email and I feel like I'm almost done. I just have a sentence left and I just have to get up and walk away from my desk because there's just too much going on. And I'm just like, I can't, it might only be a sentence left, but I can't focus on it right now. Like, and I just need to take that pause and then come back and like finish it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm able to knock it out where I know it probably would have taken me four times as long to sit there. Or there's times where I'm just like, I have to get stuff done. I have so much on my to-do list, but I just need to stop. It will be better for me to go stop, hang out with the kids for a little bit, do whatever, and then come back like later to do it. Because right now I'm just drained. I can't keep doing it. And it's like, I can take three hours to do something that might take me less than an hour if I come back to it later. That is exactly it. And so to circle back to what you were saying before, uh, when you were preaching about how important it is at this level to do what works, right? To do what works that can take you to the next level, right? As a, as a solopreneur scaling up, right? Here's the thing, wellness and meditation and yoga programs, all of that is not 
just for the big guys. You need a 520% increase in profits so that you can scale up, so that you can afford Jamie, so that you can afford the team, so that you can afford everybody, and so that you can get your life back. Um, and so I, I also totally agree with you that something that would end up taking like really just under an hour could end up taking three hours because you're like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm getting exhausted. This is the gift of learning and implementing strategic meditation. And that's what I teach my clients and the companies that we work with is that strategic meditation is different than just learning yoga or something like that. Strategic meditation when implemented in a business is you first go through an audit of the business to see where are the drops in energy and focus. Where is like the key times when you see drops in energy and focus and when you find that after you audit and say okay all right after lunch is when i am uh, for some reason i'm digesting my brain has fallen out of my head don't book a meeting for that or try booking a meeting and let's see what happens <laughs> <laughs> or why team meetings after lunch so awful i mean i'm where we are talking about the same thing over and over again okay we didn't audit the energy of the workday yet all right so when we're building in a strategic meditation uh practice we have to audit how's the energy flow of the workday and so all right you see there's a drop after lunch we right there during the drop implement a powerful pause of some type, right? So if it's breathing deeply or if it's getting up and moving, right? Or if it's uh, sending out the stretching video to the entire team of like, all right, it's 1 p.m., get up and follow along with the stretches or that kind of a th whatever you're doing, right? Whatever you're doing, because this is about maximizing the energy of yourself and of your team and from a blood and oxygen standpoint, not from like a woo-woo, like let's share our feelings kind of thing. And trust me, I go there. I go all the way full woo. I've got a unicorn horn and everything. And um, this is not what I'm talking about. We're talking about blood and oxygen. So this, these dips in energy, the deeper we get into auditing, um, how's the flow of energy through uh, the business it could be in meetings it can be in certain times of the year it can be uh, during certain events it can be times of the day but strategically you put in a powerful pause it doesn't have to be long at all it's just enough to raise the energy raise the blood and oxygen uh levels and that makes all the difference and this is just like the 101 level of what i show my clients we take things i mean obviously we don't have enough time to go into it but we haven't even opened up the conversation around how once you start doing this innovation increases and that's where we really excel as a company is turning up the volume on innovation uh, but like, ju I just wanted in our connection today, right in this podcast episode, to help people understand the value of managing the flow of energy and how strategic meditation 
can help them do that. Yes, thank you so much, for Victoria. Well, we're actually getting to the end. So now people that are intrigued, they want to know more, they want one of these possible audits on their business to figure out, okay, how do we increase our profits? How do we get the blood flowing with ourselves and on our teams? How do people get in touch with you? Ah, this is so good. I'm so excited. Um, so the best way to uh, book your energy audit is to come to victoriawhitfield.com forward slash quiz, right? So this is an interesting place where I'm going to assess just preliminarily what's going on, like where take a, a quick pulse. And then from there, once you take the quiz, it opens up the booking calendar so that we can hop on the phone or Zoom, right? And talk about your unique businesses situation and assess the energy flow um, and see how we can help. So again, that's victoriawhitfield.com forward slash quiz is the best place for you to go. If you're like, I think we need an energy audit, stat, someone call the doctor <laughs> or call the sensei rather. <laughs> Right. Well, thank you. And of course, I will share that link in the show notes so everyone can easily find it and go and take the quiz and book their time with you. All right. So to conclude today, I have a question that I love to ask all of my guests. We've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager that you have had. And can you share with us one thing that made them stand out as a great leader to you? So this like is an immediate, immediate, um, immediate clarity around the Reverend Robert Corin Morris, um, an Episcopal priest who is the founder of that nonprofit uh, where I was describing, I was the center coordinator. Uh, the nonprofit was Interweave uh, based in Summit, New Jersey. Bob, he made the biggest impact on me uh, for several reasons. He's the best boss I've ever worked for um, because for one, he was an incredible listener. He made everyone feel special, but any question I asked literally about anything, he would sit down and think with me into it and think out loud or be deeply curious about exploring it. Um, that is something that I absolutely loved about Bob as I just felt free to ask him anything about it, not just in the business, but about life, about the universe, etc. He um, was just so open. And that really healed a part of me that thought um, that asking questions was an interruption or annoying, or I always thought I was too much. Uh, Bob really healed that in me, embodying being open to always answering any question, loving, loving that he would relish in like thinking openly with, with me as well as anyone around. It's kind of scary though. Um, Bob would be so open to thinking that he would like, he would fill his coffee cup with coffee. And then I saw this happen multiple times. His coffee cup would be full of coffee. And then you ask him a question and he would look up towards the ceiling and be like, yeah, that's a really great. Now I'm curious. And he would, as he was thinking and looking up towards the ceiling, the coffee cup would start to tip over in the cup. Oh, Bob, Bob, come back. <laughs> and so he's, oh, yeah. So uh, without missing a beat, he would stay on what the question was. 
and and you would literally have to tip his cup back out because he <laughs> deep in it with you. He was also a teacher of meditation and Tai Chi for over 40 years through that nonprofit. Um, so when he came back actually on that day, when I worked myself into the hospital, he was talking me through breathing exercises to help bring me back to center and calm and get the right level of blood flow and oxygen back to my brain so that my body could do the natural repairing processes it needed to do during a time of crisis. So, for those two reasons, Robert Corrin, the Reverend Robert Corrin Morris, best boss ever. Um, no one's perfect, right, with the, the coffee spilling, but um, so much love and so open. So grateful for his impact in my life. Oh, thank you, Victoria, for sharing. He does sound like a wonderful boss. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the Growing Your Team podcast, Victoria. You shared so much, so much great stuff today. I love it. And I know from now on, I will be building these, these powerful pauses into my day so I can increase my profits. <laughs> Beautiful. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.